let's turn on God's word this evening to the Gospel of Luke. Luke's Gospel, and uh, we're reading some verses from the 19th chapter. Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, commencing to read at the verse 1, Luke 19. Verse 1 says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. The Lord Jesus was on his last journey up toward Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And as happened year by year, crowds and crowds and crowds of people made their way to Jerusalem. Not only from all parts of the land, but even beyond its borders. Even to this very day, when the Jew has finished his Passover celebration, he'll say, Next year, Jerusalem. And that's said every year, next year, Jerusalem. And as these multitudes joined the throng from place to place as they wove their way through the little towns and villages heading toward Jericho and then up toward Jerusalem, the Lord Jesus was there. He entered, that's the context, he entered and passed through Jericho. He was passing through. Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief. He was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, but he could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. This was the main thoroughfare through Jericho on the way to Jerusalem. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they sought, this was the religious leaders and others as well, when they sought, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. 
And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. May the Lord bless this public reading from his own precious and inspired and infallible word. Our text for tonight is the verse 10 of Luke chapter 19. I said this morning that the message will be as simple as simple could be. And there's nothing hard, nothing difficult, nothing out of our way as far as grasping it and understanding it is concerned. And it simply says, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. If you were to come to me and say, I want to start reading the Bible. Where should I begin? Well, without hesitation, absolutely without hesitation, I would say, begin at the Gospels. Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. We noted this morning that there were promises and pictures and appearances of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. And those prophecies and promises and pictures pointed forward to the coming Messiah. When you go past the Gospels and you read the book of Acts, right through Romans to the book of Revelation, all the great doctrines of the Gospel are dealt with there, looking back to the Lord Jesus Christ. So you have the Old Testament looking forward and the New Testament looking back and in the middle. And if I can say this reverently, and I do mean it reverently, in the middle, we have the meat and the sandwich. In the middle, you have portrayed, set before us, declared unto us, the Lord Jesus Christ. You you, you can't understand the Old Testament scriptures apart from the Gospels. 
And certainly it's a nonsense to try and understand the New Testament apart from what was set before us and recorded in the Gospels. So it's vital, absolutely vital, in understanding the Bible that you read the Gospels. That's where you should begin. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And if you have already begin, began, begin again. Begin again. For this is the kernel. This is the real center of the gospel. The gospels are the sun in which the planets of the rest of the scriptures go round. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Now, if I was going down the road toward the city centre and I saw a car coming toward me and, and as I was walking down, it veered off to my left and hit another car. Well, I would be a witness. I would be a witness to what happened. But someone else coming up the road, coming in the opposite direction from me, Looking at the same incident, well, he saw the car going away from him and veering off to his right. Now he's saying it went right, I'm saying it went left. He, he, he's saying it went away from him, I'm saying it came near, close to me. We're both right. We're looking at the very same incident from a different perspective. And that's exactly what's happening in the Gospels. Matthew sees Christ as the sovereign, the king of the Jews. That's so obvious. The very first question that's asked in the New Testament is this. Where is he that is born? King of the Jews. And if you look at the genealogy, and other references in the Old Testament, it's as if Matthew said, here's your Messiah. Here's the one you were looking for. Here's the one the scripture set forth. Mark deals with Christ as the servant, the worker, the untiring worker. And isn't it amazing that the one who wouldn't work God used him to write the gospel of the worker. You see, Mark went with his uncle Barnabas and Paul on a missionary journey, but he soon got tired of it, he went home. And it says he went not with them to the work. And there was a great division between Paul and Barnabas over this young man. But God dealt with him. Paul talks about him later on being profitable. And, and Mark is the pen man of that gospel, very fast-moving gospel that pictures Christ as the, the servant, the untiring servant of the Lord. So you have uh, the sovereign, you have the servant. When you come to John's gospel, you have Christ set forth as the son of God, 
the Son of God. These things, John 20 and 21 says, these things were written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that believing you might have life through his name. John sees him. He's the one who's so close to the Lord, so near to him. And there's things that John makes known to us that none of the other gospel writers do. Luke is a doctor. I'll say a bit more about him in a minute or two. And he sees Christ as the son of man. And so we have the text where the Lord himself says, For the son of man is come seek and to save that which was lost. Three very simple things in this text. First of all, you have a great title. The words, the Son of Man, are a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's called the Son of Man, because he's the perfect man. He's the compassionate man. He's the sinless man. Now, it's very significant that God chose a physician, a doctor, to set before us the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of Man. You will know that nurses and doctors will see things and observe things and note things about the human frame that the generality of people don't notice. And so it was with Luke. He's called the beloved physician. And he sees things about the Lord that the others didn't. You see, They're not contradictory, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're complementary. Just like the two walking up the carried off road I said about, they weren't contradicting each other. They were actually complementing each other. And, and, And Luke portrays Christ as the perfect, the compassionate Son of Man. Now that's why you have a genealogy in chapter 3. Genealogy is a long list of names going back to the generation before you, the generation before that, the generation before that. In the case of Matthew, it goes back to Abraham and runs through King David's generation. And that's why in Matthew, the Lord is called the king because he's the son, the, the, the descendant of David. He's the king of the Jews. He's a descendant of Abraham according to the flesh. But when you come to Luke's gospel in the third chapter, you'll see that there is a genealogy through Mary's line right back to Adam. And that's showing that there was one man 
that was perfect but failed. But there was the second man, the Lord from heaven, who triumphed. And throughout this gospel, Luke's gospel, the Lord is seen in his compassion, in his mercy, in his tenderness. He's not someone away out there and doesn't know and doesn't feel and doesn't understand. He's not some benign old father figure looking down over the earth, helpless. He's been here. He's lived and labored amongst men. In fact, the Bible says this. He was an all points, all points, tempted like as we are. So he knows all about it. Well, can we sing, and this is a favorite one in the prison, Jesus knows all about our struggles and he will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus, no, not one. And he's seen in his tenderness. What about the lost sheep? Very same gospel. Luke chapter 15. What about the lost coin? Very same gospel. Luke chapter 15. What about the lost son? The prodigal son? Very same gospel. What about the Pharisee and the publican? Very same gospel, the 18th chapter. What about the beggar named Lazarus led at the gate of the rich man and he was despised and overlooked and yet he was brought home to glory? Very same gospel. He's called the Son of Man because he cares. He's called the Son of Man because he's compassionate. He's called the Son of Man because he knows all about you and all about me and has an interest in you and has an interest in me. A, glo a glorious title. But then you'll see, secondly, there's a glorious truth. <clears throat> Notice what it says. For the Son of Man is come. Now, in its context, and we'll say a bit more about this later on, in its context, it refers to him coming into Jericho. That's why at the beginning of the reading I talked about the Lord making his way up to the city of Jerusalem to celebrate his final Passover and then to be done to death, but he was coming through Jericho. That, 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 that's the context, the reference in its context. But in its wider context, it refers to the fact that this Son of Man came into the world. He could never have come to Jericho in the sense in which it speaks if he had not come into the world. 
Now think about that for a minute, folks. I, I don't know whether or not you've seen a map of our universe. If you have, the earth is only a wee prick, a wee tiny, tiny, hardly, barely discernible prick. The one who called all the heavens and all the stars and all the galaxies and all the suns into being by just commanding it to be so comes into the world. That's amazing. That's astounding. The great creator, says the hymn writer, became my saviour. You're living in this world on this day, the 12th of August, 2018. 2018 what? 2018 years at least, maybe a wee bit more, A.D. Even our calendars acknowledge this great event. They may not like to acknowledge anything else. Some people want to rub Christ out of things and they just talk about the common era. But generally it has been B.C., before Christ, before his death, and A.D., after Christ, after his death. The Latin, Anno Domini, but we don't talk Latin in the Free Presbyterian Church. We talk plain English. And, 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 and folks, here's a great truth. Here's a great truth. Think about it. Isaiah talks about all the nations are as a drop in a bucket as far as God's concerned. They're so minuscule, less than minuscule. That's the whole nations. Think of what it must have been for the Lord Jesus Christ to lay aside his glory, his splendor, his grandeur and come into this world to live and labor amongst men and ultimately to be done to death on the cross. There's a great truth. He has come. And then, lastly, there's a great task, great task, or if you like, a great triumph. The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now people say, well, I can, I, I can do what I want to do in order to, to, to earn my way, merit my way, work my way, earn God's grace. Well, if that was so, if you could do that and I could do that, why did he come? Why did he die on the cross? Why did he come in? Why did he come into this world so full of sin and sinners? He came simply because we couldn't do that. But he had to do it for us. He had to do it for us. He has come to seek 
and to save that which was lost. Take it in its context. Crowds and crowds of people were heading in that procession as they made their way to Jerusalem. The, 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 the city of Jericho was full of people, not only of those passing through on their way to Jerusalem, but of all the inhabitants themselves. They had heard, they had heard about Jesus of Nazareth. And crowds had made their way to the main thoroughfare, and this wee man had heard. And the Bible says he sought, he sought to see Jesus. He was. There was something happening in this wee man's heart. He didn't know it himself. Hardly. He had wealth. He had riches. Fair means and foul. He got those riches. But there was an aching void in his heart that those riches couldn't fill. And he sought to see Jesus. And when he went down, it says he couldn't, for the press, he couldn't see. He was little of stature. He, he, he tried to see by the people. He tried to get through, but being despised by people in the area where he lived, there was nobody going to let him through. So he runs up the road, he clambers up the tree, and he's looking down, and he can see all that's going on. As he looks up that road and sees the crowd milling around Jesus, Coming behind him, people trying maybe to touch the hem of his garment. People falling before him and calling upon him for mercy. My, his, his heart's beating and it's beating and it's beating until the Lord comes to the very tree where he was. Now he didn't say to the people around, who's this man here? He simply said, Zacchaeus. His very first word was Zacchaeus. He knew him. And he had come seeking him. That's what he says. He had come seeking him. Out of all the thousands and thousands that had gathered there, here was a man that the Lord was interested in others' work. They despised him. They hated him. He was a sinner. But let me say, folks, the Lord is interested in sinners. He homes in on this man. And he says, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. He wasn't just asking to come down physically. He was asking him to humble himself. Make haste and come down for today, not tomorrow. Today I must abide at thy house. My, he had a home, no doubt, that was full of the then mod cons, everything that he could get, he had it. He was a rich man. But more than anything, he was missing was the Lord. I must abide. I must abide at thy house. And do you know what it says? He made haste and he came down. And listen, listen to these words. Received him joyfully. Wonderful words. Here's a man who wasn't happy. Here's a man who was sad. Here's a man 
who was empty within his inmost soul. And when the Lord calls him, and he knew the Lord was calling him, he's calling him by his name. He knew the Lord had an interest in him. It says he came down and received him. That's what getting saved is. Getting saved is not going to church. That's good. But it's not getting saved. Getting saved is not reforming your life or changing their matters. That's good, but it's not getting saved. Getting saved is simply in faith and repentance receiving Christ. And that's what this man was doing. He made haste, he came down and received him joyfully. Why? They all began to complain. He's gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. But Zacchaeus stands and he says, Lord, the half of my goods. Now, look at the chains, folks. The half of my goods I give to the poor. He was once a grabber, grabbing all he could. He was the chief. He wasn't just a publican. He was the chief among the publicans. He told the publicans where to go and what to take and what they could take for themselves, and what he needed out of it. And then they gave the Romans the taxes that they were looking. He once was a grabber, but now he's a giver. The half of my goods I give to the poor. And listen to this. And I have taken anything from any man by false accusation. Notice these words. I restore him fourfold. I've taken anything wrongfully. I'm going to give four times as much back. Now, to give back what he took would be something. But to give back four times, that's, that's what the Old Testament scriptures tells us. If something is stolen or taken wrongfully, it's to be restored four times as much. Here's a man who had no time for the law of the Lord. Now the Lord has touched his heart. Now the Lord has changed his life. Now the Lord has transformed his home. This day, the Lord says, this day is salvation come to this house for so much as he also was a son of Abraham. And all that simply means is this. He's come to me by faith. He's trusted me. He's turned from his sin. There's a new man, there's a new home, there's a new heart. And this is the very reason and purpose why the Lord came to Jericho to do this in this man's heart, to do this in this man's home. And that's the very reason he came into this world, to save Man and woman, out of every kindred, out of every tribe, out of every tongue, and out of every nation. When he shed his blood on the cross, the guilt that was mine, he bore it. The wrath and the judgment that was mine for my sin, he bore it. The guilt and the judgment that was yours, he bore it. The wrath of God against your sin, he bore it. He bore it. The hymn talks about our sin 
displaying its viciousness by his death, but it also displays the mercy of God. Such is the mystery of God, it seals my pardon too. I would say betimes to the men in the prison. You know, men, this is what this means. If you were at the beginning of your sentence, or about to leave court to go to jail, and someone said, I, I'll take your back. I'll do your sentence. I'll take it for you. You would jump at it. You would jump at it. Absolutely. That's what Christ did. That's what Christ did. O oh Christ, what burdens bowed thy head. Our load was laid on thee. I stood as dead in the sinner's stead. Did spare all ill for me. What a glorious task. What a glorious triumph. See it in the life of Zacchaeus. Some of us have experienced it ourselves. Do you know this Christ? He's the Son of Man who has come to seek and save you who were lost. Will you trust him tonight? Let's bow in prayer. We'll not have a closing hymn. We'll just have a word of prayer. Let me encourage you to seriously think about these things. You may have heard many gospel messages before. And you could probably tell others the gospel. Are you saved? Are you right with God? Are you ready for heaven? Let me encourage you to come to Christ and to come the Christ tonight for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Lord, write thy word upon our hearts this evening. Bury it deep beyond the reach of him who would steal the good seed of thy word out of our hearts. Do thy good pleasure among us, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.